Hey you guys, it's me. Uh, I wanted to pop in before today's episode to just have a quick little chat with you. Um, I wouldn't consider this to be like something special that I'm doing in quotes, but it is a thing. It's something a little bit different than I've ever done before. Um, so after the fake couples episode and the celebrities in quarantine episode, or episodes, I guess I should say, I've gotten a lot of DMs and messages a lot is an understatement about Taylor and Carly. And as interesting as I find that relationship, I also don't really know a lot about it. And when I say that, it's like, of course, I've done episodes about people that I don't know a lot about. But I almost feel like if I did 28 pages or whatever um, of notes about them, I would only at that point then be sort of scratching the surface of what you guys know about them um, as a sort of shorthand. So I came to the conclusion that it would probably be much smarter if I just sort of like fanned out and asked you guys to get involved and like help me with it because you already messaged me all of this crazy stuff about them and you know so much. Like there's literally an ecosystem in my DMs of people talking about this relationship. So I basically just wanna hear your theories. I wanna hear your thoughts. If you have information that you want me to specifically talk about, send it to me. Um, I'm always accepting voice notes, as you know. If you fully feel like you know the full T, you know everything, send me a voice note. Like literally record yourself however you can and send it to me and let me know. I'll, po I'll put it in the episode. I'm more than happy to. I'm just gonna kinda like, just give this out to the world, you know what I mean? Because I just don't feel like I have the uh, the authority, almost. Like, I almost feel like I'm overstepping my boundaries because I, look, I was always worried about Beyonce. Like, the, the Beehive was the fan base I was worried about. And what I've realized is that nothing comes close to Taylor Swift fans and fucking Bieber and Selena Gomez. My God. <laughs> as fun as those episodes were to do, holy shit. Like, the fans of Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber are no fucking joke. And I mean that in every way possible. Good, bad, and ugly. I mean that in all the ways. So, I just don't want to do a Taylor Swift and Carly episode and leave a bunch of shit out and then get weeks of DMs from people telling me that I shouldn't have a podcast because I'm an idiot. <laughs> because I, I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to pretend to know more about that than I do. So let's just fan out and you guys send me things. DM me, um, email me, dunzopod at gmail.com. Voice notes would be amazing because then I can just insert your sort of like fan theories into the episode. And uh, it's a, you know, it's a chance for you to uh, express all of your thoughts and feelings about this couple um so yeah i don't know what else to say enjoy today's episode i didn't mean for this to be a full like fucking 10 minute ramble but i love you guys i hope that you're staying safe and without further ado here is my episode with Moni from mixing with Moni. um we have a really 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 fun conversation about uh bravo but more specifically about married to medicine one of my all-time favorite bravo shows and uh real housewives and all the things uh bye love you Welcome to Dunzo. 
This is a podcast that explores hookups and breakups of famous lovers and friends, both real and fake, and all the discarded pop culture of yesteryear. I'm your host, Troy McKeady. Okay, you guys, welcome to a new episode of Dunzo. I'm really super excited about today's episode because I feel like I feel like w- today we're going to be the only people on the internet talking about this show, which is really sad because I feel like it does not get the credit that it deserves, but we'll save that. I'm joined today by uh, with Mani from the Mixy with Mani podcast, and uh, I'm super excited. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited. I'm obsessed with you and your podcast. I feel like you have the correct opinions. So that's why I was like... <laughs> Not the correct opinions. <laughs> I was like, I only want to talk about this with somebody who I feel like will get it, who understands that this is an amazing show. Right. I was just listening to you. Uh, actually, I was like cleaning my apartment and I was listening to you talk about Southern Charm. And... Yes. Yeah, I felt so valid. I was like, this is why I'm having you on. Like, apparently everybody just learned that the cast <laughs> of Southern Charm is racist. That's, like, a thing people I mean, learned. I don't understand how. <laughs> like, people hit my DMs with so much, like, shock. They are seriously, like, the gall of these people. I'm like, what did you expect? Literally, season one, we're introduced to people whose height of wealth were how long their plantations have been in their family. So what yeah. did you gather? Like, I am blown away by the shock. I'm like, first of all, if you think this is the worst thing that's happened that this girl has said, like, you're completely out of your fucking mind. Right. Like, I've heard rumors that allegedly Jenna from, like, the first season, like, she just couldn't let go of the N-word. And I guess it was just too hard to edit around. So she had to go. Like, what did you think was going to go down on that cast? I'm sure they've done and said so many worse things. And if Catherine had the time or the energy, which it seemed like she was getting into before this girl kind of like stopped her and challenged her a little too much, we would have gotten much more than a monkey emoji. Yeah, for sure. Like, I'm actually surprised that the show has been on for so long and got as popular as it did. And first of all, I'm shocked that a show, that Bravo even had the idea to go to Charleston and do a show about a bunch of white people who have family ties to slaves like already that's crazy (laughs) and that like you know what I mean like Thomas Ravenel literally basically like without saying it wanted the audience of that show to know like I am proud that my family owns slaves and I'm proud that we have a of how long my family's been in this house or the city for generations and all that like that was the reason why he liked Catherine was because of her long family history like and their plantations would marry each other and then all these things and I was like okay I mean I kind of get the appeal simply because Charleston is a gorgeous city that seemingly has nothing for it other than tourism like that's pretty much all that it's what people go for they go to visit it's absolutely stunning but people live there and that was the thing like that that hospitality and that's where they like the entire hospitality industry pretty much is in a lot of ways what surprised me was when they went to Savannah. I was like, I don't understand what oh. we're doing here. Like, I get it that's a tourist town too, but y'all knew better. Like, it, it was once 
a, a thought of what is the ulterior motive behind this whole show and the white people in the South and all that. What What is the appeal here? It was confirmed when we furthered it to Savannah, Georgia. I was like, oh no, we, this is not a brand we want to do. Yeah, like now we're, like, we're fully going to all the most Southern states that are like known for slavery and just giving them shows. And then you wait until the third installment of the show to incorporate Black people. And of course it has to be in New Orleans. Like it, it's just like, of course I watch Southern Charm. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm above garbage. <laughs> I watched Southern Charm, uh, but I'm just surprised that people are so shocked. I guess like, yes. I was just like whoa, like I, I can't believe people are surprised that Catherine alleged some racism like girl <laughs> i mean what makes me laugh is that they're more surprised at that than at the, what the dj the radio dj whom she was arguing with was even alleging i was like i think once upon a time on twitter maybe it's because i spent i used to spend more time on twitter than i do on instagram and now it's the reverse but mm-hmm. back then i remember seeing someone tweeting like and it was a like run-of-the-mill white woman who was like i can't believe we're all gonna glorify a show or the whole cast practically trump supporters i said the same thing about summer house and i remember like of each cast of the first season of summer house and the third-ish or something season of uh southern charm different people of the cast were like i'm not like they were so proud of it because <laughs> it's like a non-norm and right. for me i will admit i watched the show i did like the show I've watched it up until this point. I had no idea what they were gonna have after that, like after this past season and so I've right. always said that they needed a villain and they don't have one. Uh, at least not one that would be like, too hard to get their minds around and, and Catherine's too hard to get their mind around. But at this point, I'm like, I'm, do I, did I like it? Yes, I got the appeal. I mean, it's yeah. a bunch of rich, socialistic white people who happen to just be trash, like just as trashy. Right as any other group of people that have their own drama, that can't get it together, that have baby daddy issues and there's drugs and sex and violence. And that is appeal, that is TV. And I got that, but am I shocked? Absolutely not. I knew what I was getting into. Yeah, I feel like you subscribe to the same theory that I do. I was actually talking about this with Liz Bentley the other day that like, just because I watch something doesn't mean I endorse the behavior. Like I Mm -hmm. enjoy shows like I watched the Real Housewives of Orange County knowing that all of those women uh-huh. for Donald Trump and that all the men in their life hate gays unless they're doing their fucking wives hair you know what I mean like right I still love the show in a weird sick way I don't you know what I mean so I don't yes, know I was just I get it I get it the girls were shocked when Kelly Dodd said like Corona is spinning the herd and people <laughs> are gonna have to die they were like Kelly not you I was like girl <laughs> what do you think she is sleeping with Mr. Fox News, like the face of, like her answer to her. And I am not one to argue people's politics. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but the, mm-hmm. the fact that you are shocked and offended by like say, her taking a picture with like the two Trumps, like what, <laughs> what, I, I, I'm so shocked that you're shocked. Like I'm not telling you, I, I, I thought I knew exactly what I was getting into. I just happened to be able to separate, or maybe I don't want to judge, I have lines, but I didn't want to judge this poor woman on what she doesn't know much about or anything like that. Like I always say, her ex-husband invented leapfrog. He's not the ideal learner here. <laughs> I, I just it. can't believe you're shocked. That's the problem I have. Like I'm not offended by what these women and these people do because my podcast being so centered around 
uh, network that has pretty much no marketing towards my group of people, which is mm-hmm. people of color, but relies so heavily on my niche market of black women right. to watch their black shows, which most people don't even know. And I love that's why you approached me to even talk about like Mary the Medicine, because most people don't even know that like Housewives of Atlanta is the largest, highest rated show of Bravo of their yeah. entire Housewives franchise in history. So they have the largest budget because they bring in the most amount of people. And that's because they're pulling in my girls too. Right. So as someone who frames their podcast around a person of color's uh, viewpoint on things that are not marketed towards me, but I happen to watch, I always come from this realm of understanding of we know what we're doing here. Like, you're never going to hear me be, like, so shocked. And, like, a lot of my counterparts and friends that I have from podcasting and stuff, I'm listening to their podcast and they're genuinely, like, shocked and then upset at Kevin. And I'm just like, I don't have time to explain to y'all why this was bound to happen. Right. I don't have time to explain to you why a show ba- literally built around a bunch of uh, former slave owner families um, may have some race issues. I really do not have right. energy within me to explain why that would happen. Um, mm, I don't have it, and I, and it's okay. And I thought we all knew what we were doing here, but clearly that's not the case. So I'll discuss amongst yourselves. <laughs> and speaking of Real Housewives of Atlanta, um, a show that you know, I often think is, I'm just going to say it, I oftentimes think that Married to Medicine is better than The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I think... Absolutely. I mean, I, mean, I love them both. I don't need to compare. I watch them back to back every week. But very true. there are a lot of days. Yes, you're right. A lot of times that Married to Medicine... I'm curious to hear why you think that so, because I know why I think so, but yes, okay. please. Well, for one thing, I don't think Married to Medicine has ever had a bad season. Like, I can't look back. This show has been on now for a long time. And I don't feel like I can look back and remember a time that I didn't enjoy the show. I feel like I've Mm -hmm. always always really, really been riveted. Even when the cast of Married to Medicine isn't the best. Like, even during the the Lisa Nicole years that we had to white knuckle through. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I still was riveted by the show. And I just feel like the women on that show have such a strong, I almost feel like they are vindicated by not being housewives because they can do what they do and not have to worry about like comparing their show to other housewife cities and being the best housewife city. They just are their own little niche thing. And I just, I love them. I think they're like, they're some of the most dynamic people on Bravo. I would agree. I've always said that I think Married to Medicine, the reason it works so well, especially Atlanta, is because the husbands are equally as casted as the as wives. Mm, it is yeah. not so much being a woman show, though they are the titular characters and they're in the, you know, the opening credits and stuff. The husbands do their own confessionals. The husbands do confessionals with their wives. And it's not like a once in a blue moon, every couple scenes. No, their mm. trips are a couple's cast it's everyone and I think that that gives a dynamic to a show that we don't often get and that's balanced we don't just see one side of it so when they struggle we're watching struggle from both ends we don't really get to pick a full side because we see that marriage is not one-sided and I think that's the point because it's married to medicine and I've always loved that the balance exists on all platforms of the show 
not just with being both male energy and female energy yeah. um, as female and masculine presenting individuals, but also they're half doctors, half non-doctors as women and as yep. men. Like that's kind of also the case. And now we see even on like LA, some of them are both doctors, like these things, you know, that really truly matter in relationships. Like it's not just about, you know, that this woman is married and that being her definition of who she is on this show. Because Housewives can largely be that, right? It's right. a lot of, you're married, but here we'll give you a platform that is outside of your husband. And we often see, you know, the tra the traditional roller coaster where that takes down the husband's ego was, was once a petty, you know, cute project for her that she's making more money than him. And then all of a sudden he's like, what? And his masculinity is fragile. And we see the thing and go on house, I get divorced and blah, blah, blah. But on Married to Medicine, it's like a, most of these women were already the, the benefactors right. of their relationships. They were already the breadwinners. So to, to have a show where it's like, now we're going to get both people in this marriage a platform it's so balanced and so well done even in their female dynamics because they're genuinely friends right but half of them have careers half of them their career is being a stay-at-home mom and there's never any competition between the two or any competition between the couples and i've always loved that like you would think that there would be some kind of weird ego pull between heavenly and her husband because right. she's a dentist and he's like <laughs> now like the first black owner of like a clinic emergency yeah. room thing like he's a ER doctor like he's this very very big thing but in their own right they're both major parts of their community and they do great things and they define their marriage outside of their professions because their professions are so closely interlocking so I've always loved marriage medicine simply because their balance is what we don't get to see it's always one-sided on any of the other shows and that's not to say that you know, we don't get perspective on there. It's just very different than like, you know, when we see Shannon and her husband have issues on mm -hmm. OC versus someone like Contessa and her husband having issues. And we're seeing both of them struggle at the same time. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really happy that you brought that up because I think that Married to Medicine kind of like, I think that it kind of mirrors what a lot of the housewife cities used to be where like, I don't, I can't really recall when this happened, but at some point there was a switch where with the housewives, the show used to be about their lives. Like it used to literally be about what was going on in these women's lives. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you know, with their children and their husbands, like the older housewives that I think of that are iconic, when I think about them, the very first thing that pops into my mind for the most part is their family dynamic. It's like, mm -hmm. You know, like, if you bring up, I don't know, Gina Keo, I'm like, her husband, her abusive, crazy husband, her kids that are verbally abusive. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I think Caroline Manzo and instantly think all them kids. Like, the I kids. Think the family dynamic, like, what her house was of her being a matriarch of such a Grand Central Station kind of family. And yes. pretty much all of New Jersey, period. And I think that's why Jersey works so well and has lasted so long is because they're so deeply family on each one of them. But we aren't seeing those women together. They're only ever with their family. Like that's the thing. Yeah. Like when you think of Jersey or when you think of Teresa, you think of her family. Like you immediately think of the kids, you think of Joe, you know, and like that's the stuff that I love. Like I love that more than I even love like the interconnections between the women. I just love seeing how they live 
And mm-hmm. for some of the cities, like Beverly Hills is a good is a good example of at some point, like that show went from being so interesting and like so fascinating, you know, with these really intense family dynamics, like sisters that have 40 years of issues and you know, Camille Grammer, who's like, my goddamn house. Like, being like, whoa, like, iconic. And now it's like them fighting about place settings and like champagne flutes and who saw my panties. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's at some point switched. And I think Married to Medicine is, has always been like really deeply rooted in what is really going on in these women's lives. And I just really, really like that. I would agree. Um, I will say that Beverly Hills used to be so good for so many reasons. I think a large part of that is because Kim Richards, and unfortunately, this is just not a healthy environment for her. Mm-hmm. And I respect that, but I am also devastated by that. Like, right. do I want her to be in danger? No. But do we need a Kim Richards energy? Yes. Yeah, we do. So I get that. But then at the same time, I am thinking Beverly Hills especially is the reason why people are finding it so hard to get through now, even though I think this season, maybe comparable to last, is doing so much better. Is because there is no fan. We we have been begging to see Tom, Erica's husband, hear her even talk about their sex life. I didn't even know that that was the first time we've heard it, like, ever. Yeah. Of all the times that we've known her. And Lisa Vanderpump, even, because she wasn't so casted on Vanderpump Rules before. So before she only had Housewives to be her family outlet and we saw the adopted son and the dynamic between her and her daughter and the son. And we see like her and her daughter talking about how Max, her son, wants to find his mom. And that would be hard on them as a family because they're like, no, he's ours. They don't want him to like want a new family or want his other family. So we've seen so many complexities and unfortunately when we lose that we lose the ability to see these women through that complex angle they become just strictly villains or someone stand it's like one or the other like but that used to be we didn't see lisa vanderpump really struggle with anything with her family we just saw the aftermath of her grieving and the women not really respecting that and then being like this plot that has to go forth and we're like, okay, so a long time ago, though, we lost the family dynamic of this show. We don't even film in our houses anymore. Yeah. Like, and if we do, it's for them to come over and have tea and cocktails. Like, but what about the family? Tom Girardi shows up for one second to, to like, give Erica a thumbs up about being a pop star. And then that's, right. her, that's her in quotes life. And right. then we go back to her, you know, arguing with people about where she's sitting at a dinner table. Like, it's just so cold and like no, like there's just nothing. Like I feel like this season definitely, I agree with you, is much better than. It's like probably the best season we've gotten in years, but yeah, I would go say a few back. Like we're we're deep into, we're past like the last three seasons at this point. Yeah, like this is, and it's actually kind of sad that like what we're getting is so riveting because the past seasons have been so terrible. Like this season is good but if you remove all of that it's not like mind-bending <laughs> no yeah no I'm like I and I said it on my podcast this week I said you know honestly it could just be because my bar is in hell mm-hmm. after last season I honestly could have just you could have given me shit I would have eaten it 
I would have been like, this is great. Like, I just watched 22 episodes about a dog. Right. Like, anything you give me is going to be amazing. Exactly. And that's where we're at. And because to be honest, the two things come to my mind, how did we not know Aaron wasn't a, was a nut until now? Like, how did we not know that? <gasps> Denise has been on the show two seasons now. I know. How did we not know that? Like, we know so many things. Like, I need them to stop letting these women have these fly-by-night comments and we never circle back. Like, yeah. why are you saying things like Charlie Sheen brought a hooker to your house on Thanksgiving? You made it a plate, but I don't get more info. Thank I need you. follow-ups. Emily Thank you. Like, yeah, I know how to ride a jet ski because I dated a drug dealer. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. You're a lawyer. Like, Phaedra, we got an entire storyline about her dating a, a criminal as a lawyer. But, Emily, I need to know things. Because how you went from that to dating this short Mormon man who was, like, extremely rigid and, like, kind of yeah. a little too put together for us to feel comfortable with, how did we get there? And because that's such an opposite, what did this man put you through? I have right. questions. And we're not getting any answers. We get no answers. We get no answers to anything. We All we get is like super, 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 super surface level bullshit that, you know, the I think at this point, like the women feel like they have to grasp onto anything that may have kind of annoyed them because like that could be a thing for the season. Like them not showing anything about their actual lives anymore, like I think forces them to kind of like have to grasp at straws for like dumb shit. And I feel like mm -hmm. on Married to Medicine, like that cast, is first of all i think that the married to medicine cast is like this could be, be me just being really naive but i feel like as somebody who's watched reality tv for a long time i can kind of tell this now they seem really genuinely dead set on having like relationships with each other like real relationships that they work on and yeah. have ebbs and flows mm -hmm. and moments of being really close and not close, but like they really mean something to each other. Yes, I would totally agree because we have seen so many ups and downs with these women that they seem to be, unless it's completely irreparable, which we don't get a lot of. Right. We don't get a lot of, I can't be in the same room as this person and yeah. I'm gonna call out of this. And we don't see it from a frame of filming or needing to be there for the sake of the group. But we see it as like, we need, like, the main controversy with Quad was that the women did not feel like they could do their job as friends because they had no idea what was happening with their friend yeah. until it showed up in the press. That, like, that is was like, real as fuck. That's so real. They were like, girl, we used to know you beyond the headlines. Yep. Why are we hearing that your husband kicked you out or that you took his furniture or that you're on the run from Shade Room? Why right. are you getting that from something else? Yeah, and it wasn't that it wasn't like a meanie Kenya thing of like who can expose who first. It was like no, like you were genuinely our friend, and we're worried because you were in a relationship that we maybe didn't know was abusive, and now we don't talk to you anymore. I would completely agree. I am like, I think that with Married to Medicine, we get this dynamic of women who were not just friends before but they want to remain friends after and they'll do whatever it takes to get yeah. that to work yeah. i found it so interesting in watching you know last season the women were you know still trying to repair things with quad and quad and toy used to be so close we've seen them fight and yeah. stuff like that on the show but then this season of Mary's Mills in la 
we saw that like Quad and Toya were like kind of cool again and they're traveling together to LA with Contessa and with um, Dr. Heavenly but like that little group I'm like this is what I'm talking about because yeah. first of all Heavenly does not even like Contessa like that so <laughs> I know that they've been working yeah. for something and to keep Quad and Toya together again makes me like so giddy I felt so giddy yeah I was like oh my god they're traveling and they're doing stuff it's I know great. I know because when they're good the thing about that cast too is when they get along like the good times are just as enjoyable as when they fight like I could really truthfully go a whole season of watching them just get along and it would be just as gripping as if they were arguing. I would agree. Yeah, I, I think that LA has definitely some things to be, leave some things to be desired. Yeah. It needs to live up to a few more standards, but right now I think it's a really good um, sequel. But Atlanta's just so hard to top. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta is like, and they know it. That's the, it's like, they know. That's the other thing I love about the Atlanta cast is like, these, this is a group of like older women and they are all so sure of like who they are and what they do and what this show is. And they know that their dynamic is, it's like lightning in a bottle. It really is. It's mm-hmm. like impeccable casting. And I don't know, I guess, what is your journey with this show? Like, did you watch it when it premiered or did you discover it later? Yes, I was, before I definitely started this podcast, when I was in high school, I started with, I want to say, The Housewives of Orange County, I think I fell into, Mm -hmm. and then I progressed to watching Atlanta, and then I went on to Jersey very late, and I kind of fell in and out of Jersey, and then one day in college, I watched uh, New York straight through and binge the whole thing and then I came up with this motto that anything bravo I will give a try once yeah because it was all just so good especially back then we're talking like early 2010s okay so (laughs) this is like when there I mean I think I found I mean I started Beverly Hills when it started and OC I mean I did it like right when it was like Tamara and Gre- like he peaked Tamara and Gretchen like Evil Eye. Oh so I was like, God! This is so new and so good to me, and I was just like, "What's going on?" <laughs> so I had a great. I mean, I saw. I remember I only watched New Jersey because Teresa was on Celebrity Apprentice, and I used to always oh, yeah. watch it with my dad. And it was because of this table flip, and I knew who she was, but I didn't see that season. And then when I finally, I finally watched the entire thing from start to finish, had no idea that was season one. And I was like, oh, y'all were coming out swinging. So (laughs) I just was like, and then that turned into, like, I watched Beverly Hills literally turn into Vanderpump, like, that day. Oh, wow. Perfectly. Uh, when Sheena ushered us in, so I think Sheena deserves all the credit. She literally oh, gave us the show. Goddess, Delivered I know. it on her back. So I was like, you know what? You're not even just Housewives. I will watch anything Bravo once. And I was never steered wrong. I watched all the one seasons. So, and I would constantly, I was so naive. I would constantly like refresh the feeds and Google it and be like, are they coming back? And I mean, like, Jersey Belle, Timber Creek Lodge, Princesses Long Island, like Blood, Sweat, and Heels. Wow, Timber Creek Lodge. How dare you cut me like that? Oh my God. Oh my God, don't do it. I was in the deep cuts, okay? I remember being like, um, excuse me, Timber Creek Lodge is basically just not crazy, but not as good. It's like a one of those low decks. 
And one of them responded to me like, you have to give us time to flush it out. We need two seasons. Well, you didn't get it, sis. Oh, so no. I was like, like, I was in the deep, deep. Tabitha Salon Takeover, I tape at 6 a.m. when it comes on, okay? Like, <laughs> I've never been here wrong. So when the medicine came out, I started it. And I was like, well, obviously I'm going to do anything once. And it's Black women. And I need a representation other than just Atlanta. This is great for me. And it was obviously pre-Potomac, which is my home state. So I didn't have anything else to look forward to but these new, but these new women. And I was like, this is such a cool concept. It's kind of like Housewives, but not. And I love that Housewife concept. Like, I love a good girl group. I would watch it on Style E. I'd watched it on Bravo. So I was like, I'll do it. I fell in love, it never went away, and it just kept getting better. And so I was like, I have always done the right thing, and I feel like maybe <laughs> it's my reward. So I I everything Bravo would try once, I got married to Madison, and now I'm blessed. Honestly, I had a moment this year where I was like, I don't know, I was like thinking about all the, you know, because obviously when you watch different Bravo shows, like, I don't know, I feel like I'm psychotic, and I think about who they're marketed towards. I'm like, who is this mm-hmm. show supposed to be for? Like, who are they trying to get to watch this show? And obviously, Married to Medicine is, it's almost like, I've always loved Married, Married to Medicine, but I realized, like, probably this year or last year, like, the level at which I love it, that it's probably one of my all-time favorite Bravo shows. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, am I just, like, an older Black woman now? <laughs> like, am I just, like, approaching that phase of my life where I'm, like, I, this is my waiting to exhale era that I'm like entering into. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I think that it's something like when I go back, like I've done some rewind episodes with um, Real Houses of Atlanta where I reviewed season three. And as a adult now, when I watched it the first time, I don't think I really got it. Like I didn't really get the nuances. I used mm-hmm. to not want to watch New York because I thought they were like too much older than me. Like I wasn't going to get it. Right, like, right, right. And, and that was, in a lot of ways, that was true. In high school and early college, me would not have understood it like that. The youngest person in that show was like 44. Right. So I, that was so far out of my realm of understanding of why they needed that show and that outlet. But when I watched like Atlanta season three recently, though I'm not the same age as these women, I'm getting the appeal. I'm right. like, okay, I see why this really would have snapped back then like Mm -hmm. this is so much representation of things that we don't get to have and it wasn't really playing to a culture of tv watching that we now expect it was so different and so new so when married to medicine comes around it kind of changed the game because we've had you know exposure to black women and female ensemble cast before we haven't really seen them in this professional setting before we were always selling women in order to be you know they they're more than just housewives like the whole factor of housewives is that it's kind of like an irony though it's called the real housewives they're not just housewives there's so much more than that and that's the whole point of the show whereas with married to medicine we are not even close to skating around that being a thing so we had this representation already so they weren't new but they had to be different and i really admire that because it is very aspirational in a lot of ways too. It's not just that you go to college and you marry a doctor. It can also be you are a doctor and you get yep. married. But then they also address so many of the different qualities of life conversations that my parents and my grandparents had to instill in me as a young black girl. Yep. I'm seeing it implemented and now I can make 
conscious decisions on whether or not those things should apply to me. And I think that's why it takes off so much with that demographic of Black women. And I don't even know if that was brought up a plan. I highly doubt it. I think they just knew Atlanta was a gold mine once. It'll be a gold mine again. Black women will watch Atlanta. We will put another Atlanta <laughs> show on there of Black women. And they'll watch this too. And in no. a lot of ways, they're right. We will. I mean, yeah. I've always said, look at what Bravo plays on a random Saturday or Sunday when they have nothing else to air. It is always Friday, Friday after next, Madea. <laughs> okay? Madea. Like, occasionally they'll sprinkle a sweet home Alabama in there, but a lot of times, girls, it's the Black church-going woman. It's true. It's that the, the Black woman who goes to church and then goes to the Tyler Perry play with her girlfriends, you know, from the decorating committee or the pastoral right. committee. They all did tickets. They get on their little bus or they do their carpool and they are wearing their church outfits. And it's, but that's the same market that Tyler Perry had too. It works. It truly works. But it's seeing it on Mary to Medicine, we're seeing them play out what we've always been taught. And we're in a lot of ways, we're seeing it not work. And that is so yeah. important. Like we're seeing women being able to, to work through, you know, is this what I really wanted? Because they definitely told me have a man, yep. have a career, but don't let that man think your career more important than him. Cough, cough, heavenly. Right. And then we're seeing like Toya and Eugene go through financial trouble because she's like, you know, growing up, you just got these black parents that are like, listen, you're going to college, you're going to make money and do something of yourself. But they never taught them what to do with the money, like how to work with it. That was not their life. They're, our families are just like, go be successful. But because a lot of us, our first or maybe second generation success stories or, you know, success adjacent, we didn't get that upbringing of here's financial advisors or we're going to put it in a trust for you. Like we didn't get that. So when Toya and Eugene are having this financial troubles, we're like, huh, this is hella relatable. It's not just about finding a rich man. That's not right. what it is. They truly as a couple were like, listen, bro, we were the first ones to go to college. We don't know. They gave us all this money. We were just like, oh, big house. Like that's it. And so much of who we are as a culture and as a, a, a community is being played out in so many different complexities of this show. Yeah. There's no secret as to why it works so well and why it's lasted so long. I had no idea Mary DeMedicine has been as long as it has been. Oh I did not know I've been for watching so this long. long. What is it, like nine seasons? I think so, yeah. Because if you'd like go back and look at those old seasons, it is old Bravo. I was like, oh, this is old <laughs> Bravo. Like, this has been on for so long that that's old Bravo. Um, wow. But like, and it's funny too, because even though these women have, like, you know, they have relationships that have lasted like way beyond this show, which is another thing that's so great about it. You know, it's one of those Bravo shows where you get dropped into a dynamic of people that have it's already existed and you just kind of look around and try and navigate what's going on that's the best you know um and the thing that I love about this show is that now like they've been whereas at the beginning they were all sort of not like trepidatious but they had a magnifying glass on each other's relationships on each, on each other's ma marriages because you realize when you watch this show like Married to Medicine means something completely different for every cast member of the show. Like yes. you said, like it's, you know, it could be the wife that's a doctor or a dentist or whatever, or the husband or both or whatever. And 
now they're all so comfortable with each other that it's like they're so they're also accepting of the dynamics of each one of their relationships and how sort of unique and weird they all are because they all are in mm-hmm. kind of weird marriages i mean in quotes like they're all in sort of non-traditional situations in whatever facet you know mm-hmm. yes i would i would definitely agree with that i think that we see them play around a lot with the idea of expectation and though they don't do it as tongue-in-cheek as I would like or as exemplary as I would like I I think that it's still important because they are human we see them fight for their marriages and stuff and a lot of times we also see them fight for the expectation of marriage like they're supposed to stay married Mm -hmm. and so like you'll see like heavenly give Simone advice about how Cecil like needs to feel like more of a man in his own house and not get divorced, but then also be like, well, he needs to get a job and emasculate him, which is like both things that we're right. often taught like not to do to yep. our black male husbands. But at the same time, you see like this is supposed to be the perfect couple. They've hosted every single couple strip, right? They are the ideal couple. They've been married yep. like 18 years. Like they met each other in college. They stayed together through her medical school. He was supportive. Like they oh have my a, God, a I college sweetheart. And then we see them get to a place where they just genuinely weren't understanding each other. But that frustration that could come in because you were, were thinking, if he's not cheating, like we're so used to being these being downtrodden on right. all these other housewife shows that we're like girl he ain't cheat what's the problem i know i know (laughs) like i don't understand but we're seeing like i never stopped to think about how frustrating it might be for someone like simone and cecil that after 17 years now they don't understand each other and now they can't communicate and somehow everything turns into a fight like that might feel like the end of the world to them because for 17 years they've been able to work through it for some reason and now they can't communicate and they're like we can't get this right. So this obviously must be the end. But they were like the ideal couple. Like who's going to host the trips now? Because we saw Heavenly and Damon do it and that just didn't help. That was not it. And this cast is very, very all in. Like they have obviously sat around at a dinner table and been like, we are all in. Like we are all exposing everything. None of us are in and out None of us are going to, like, give little bits of our marriage, but then, you know, try and hide things or, you know, give a facade. Like, they are very much in. Like, they expose everything. It's like, Heavenly, you know, coming into the show and being like, look, let's just start with the fact that I call my husband daddy. I will not stop. (laughs) (laughs) I am obsessed with him. Uh, He is my king. I wash his feet, grapes, whatever. And, like, that's my my marriage. And I'm boldly defendant like defending of it you know what I mean I'm happy to explain Mm -hmm. to you why I will keep calling him daddy and like even though it's jarring at times because you don't agree with the stuff that they do in their relationships it's like there's something admirable admirable about the fact that they are so they just live so openly on this show yes you're so right because even when she did that I was like um definitely don't agree (laughs) but but then after like years of knowing her and how open they are I also see that that her personality is letting us know that up front Damon's personality is to slowly but surely show us he respects and loves the shit out of his wife and that's something like he was so offended that someone could even suggest 
that he could like cheat on his wife. It, yeah. There was no, his response was unlike any other person I've ever seen on Bravo in history. His was more so hurt that his wife would be hurt mm-hmm. and that you would somehow translate his love to her as being disingenuous. Yeah. He was like, how have I ever come across that my love for her is not a hundred percent pure and faithful? Like, he was just so confused as to yeah. why like that would even be a, a question. And I'm like, oh, oh, he knows he's walking the talk. But she's not just <laughs> woman who has married this beautiful man and I am so grateful, so lucky, and this is what I'm supposed to do, and I'm supposed to serve my man. No, she's doing that partly maybe biblically or maybe because of expectation but a lot of it is this man has shown her yeah. that she's worthy like that he's in it for her like he's in it with her for the long haul like he really loved the shit out of his wife which is so wild to me because heavenly is a nut like he's all i know wild. and it's he cute. is just like that's my wife i love her i don't know what to tell you and i'm like, I love it. <laughs> it's <laughs> cute though the petty wife <laughs> it's cute when you realize that like at the end of the day they are, you know, traditional and they're older and they come from a different time. And like, it's almost like it's her, it's their way of making it okay that she actually does wear the pants. Mm-hmm. Like I she actually- She's only doing this show because of her. Yeah, like he just loves her so much. And it's like, they have to make <laughs> he it- He really loves her. <laughs> he's obsessed with her. And they have to make it okay. That like, you know, she's in charge. Like at the end of the day, Heavenly is in charge but they'll never say it. (laughs) They just know it. And she won't ever say it. Right. And that's the cuteness of it. It's like, (laughs) when I see it, it's it's maybe just another sacrifice. Sometimes you gotta just act like your spouse. You gotta act like whatever is happening was your partner's idea. It's like, if I make it their idea, then they won't, you know, everybody feels cool, but we all know what's up. And I'll say, I have not talked about this much. I met Mariah not too long ago like within the last six months Tell I was me in everything yeah I was living in Atlanta uh well now at this point briefly I had moved in January but then you know the world ended and the pandemic was happening and I was like well I know I don't want to die in Georgia so I gotta go so <laughs> I up and left and you know while it was safe and drove back to uh DC which is where we're from and I was like, this is where I'm going to be in case everything goes down. But while I was in Georgia, at, at a happy hour that I normally have, at a place that I normally go, at this place called The Battery, which is like this kind of epicenter, a little bit outside of downtown Atlanta. It's like 25 to 30 minutes outside of downtown Atlanta, but it still has the Atlanta zip code. And it's this, it's where their baseball stadium is. And it has all these other shops and restaurants. And I'm on a patio. It's hot. It's Atlanta. So I'm outside and I'm, you know, having, I'm, I'm quite toasty at that point. Oh my God. And I see, and my friend next to me who barely watches any of these things, but sometimes watches Married to Medicine with me goes, isn't that one of the girls from your show? Isn't that like Mariah or something? Oh my God. Oh, and I'm like melting. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. It's Mariah. It's like, I'm freaking out. She's like, well, why don't you look at it? I'm like, you can't just approach Mariah. Right. You have to do this delicately. She is not the most flexible woman. You don't want to catch her off guard. And I'm like, I don't look great. That's not good. And I, this was right before their last season that went off came on. 
So I uh, go up to her. She's with her husband. They're walking down the like little driveway of the shops and stuff at the, the battery. They're holding hands. So that was really sweet to see. Yeah. And I approach her and I'm just like, hi, Mariah. She's like, hi. And she looked exhausted. I mean, they had just finished filming the season. And I've often heard like of Housewives say after they're done filming, they actually all look a mess. They know we're getting glam and stuff done all the time, but they also are so drained from like the, the schedule and what they eat and drink and all the drinking. Like they're so drained. So Mariah right. looked exhausted, but looked good. Like her hair was still good. Like everything was cute. And I'm like, hi, I just want to let you know, I love you. And she's like, thank you. And I was, I've been watching since day one and I absolutely love you. Like I love the show. I love the complexities of all of you guys. I'm telling her like I have a black girl podcast basically for Bravo. And she's like, oh my God, that's actually really cool. And I was like, thank you. She was like, I think that's really necessary. And I was wow. like, oh, oh my God. And then I'm just like, I just love you so much. And I'm still saying I love you. And she's like, do you want to take a picture? I was like, yes. Oh that's my what I want. God. That's exactly what I want. And Aiden, her husband, was like, I'll oh. take it. Like, he oh my it. God. His ego is so set aside when it comes to his wife that oh. it's iconic. Like he was, and this was all about what he was doing, not what he was saying. He was like, I'll take the picture. And it was no question. She didn't have to ask him. He took my phone and he got one. He was like, okay, you got to get another one with the good lighting. Like turn this way. Like he was giving us multiple options for shots. Oh my God. But then, I was explaining more to her. I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. This is, you know, really going to help. Like, I'm going to put this on my Instagram and stuff. She goes, oh, I'm going to check it out. She did. She did repost it. And she liked it. I remember that day. But he was, like, letting her talk to me. He was not interested in being, like, identified or noticed as a part of this conversation. And he was even talking to himself. He was like, you got to get all these lights. Like, look at this beautiful day. You got to take all these good pictures and stuff. Like, this is such good lighting. And oh my he God. was just letting her be a, her star of the moment. And she was very much so like, I want to be respectful of the fans. I mean, she went to a very public place. No one else seemed to be bothering her. But she went to a very public place. But she was also like, you know, I'm also on a date. Like, it was very communicated without being rude or disrespectful. So I was like, thank you. Like, I'll let you guys have a good night. They were meeting friends that weren't on the show at all or anything at a wine place. And they sat on the patio across from us and ordered like flatbreads and stuff like that. They were very much like a cute couple, like looking at the menus outside of each restaurant to compare which one they were going to go to. Oh my like, God. This has good appetizers, <laughs> good stuff. And then they go down the whole thing and then they circle back and came to this one. And I'm like, I think I'm in love. And I've always, I've been Team Mariah ever since. Even though I don't agree with a lot of the things that she does or says on the show, I, I have been Team her ever since. That's why they say don't meet your heroes or your villains because you will change your mind. Was she tiny? I feel like Mariah would be really short. I think it wasn't. Well, I'm very short, so I can't. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it was so much that she was short as much as Aiden was short. Okay. Like Aiden was more her size than I imagined. Like oh. He was closer to her height than I thought. Oh my god, I love Aiden so much. He was oh so god. cute. He was so cute. It was <laughs> like he knew exactly why I was coming up there. No one let out a sigh. No one was exasperated. I was nervous as hell. So I was like, oh my god, hi. And he was like, do your thing, babe. Like that's pretty much wow. what it was. He like let go over. He like let her talk to me. Everything. And I was like, 
I think I love this man even more than I love her. Right. Oh, my God. I love I, I Mariah. Get I get how they have these long marriages. I get how Mariah is so protective of her husband. I get now how Heavenly was about to literally cut people over days. Yeah. Like, I get it. Their husbands have sacrificed a lot for them to have this platform because it seems like it can't just be the women. It has to be both of them or none of them. So... Yeah. I get it. I really do. And I appreciated, you know, that moment so much. It's one of my favorite stories that I've had of a Bravo encounter. Like, it's one of my favorite ones. And I've had a couple, and I love that one. You know, it should also, that reminds me that I feel like it should be stated that, like, this show, I mean, this cast is just, for the most part, just so fucking likable. They're just so enjoyable individually. And, like, to know them from, I think to know them is to love them, to have like settled into the show for a few years and know all of their little nuances. Like all, it's kind of like a Dorit thing. Like Dorit used to annoy me and now all of the weird things about her that are like really strange, I find like charming. I'm liking her now and I'm so annoyed by my own. Right? Back and forth. I'm right? Like, why did you do this? Like, <laughs> I used to couldn't stand her. And I think in a lot of ways, the fakery of her and the con artistry of her somehow makes me like her more. I don't Agreed. know why. But when the producers asked her to her face, are y'all con artists? I was like, oh, and the fact that she didn't really answer it, but like she didn't flinch either. And I was like, so many of these other women would not even been able to be asked this question. I know. Kyle would have withered away like wet. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I like and that Dorit like, and shut it down like I, I, I agree I, I like that this Dorit is is she's not opening up more but she it, it seems like she's more approachable yeah like she's leaning into being Dorit like yeah she like found her character on the show like now yes. she knows all the stuff that people love and hate about her and she's just like leaning in which I like yes. I'm like lean in I think yes. the whole cast is except for Kyle I think the whole cast is I think Rena and Denise, oh, Denise has always been a character, but I think Rena definitely knows that she has a Rena. Like yep. that's the character of the show. Yep. And then I think Denise and, um, or Dorit and Erica have studied, they've read Twitter and they know what to do better now. Yep. Yeah, they're all like leaning in in different ways, like being more comfortable with the stuff that they probably used to try and shy against you know, or shy away from. Yes. Um. But, like, with the married to, married, ugh, married to medicine women, they are just so, ugh, they're all just so likable. Like, they are very likable. And they're just likable women. They're funny. And in a complex way. Like, you can hate one one season or be like, I'm so disappointed in you, but you feel more disappointed than right. I don't like who you are as an individual. Exactly. Like, I know you can do better, Carl. Like, I know you can do Exactly. Better. Like, you Open can be up, mad at them. Toya, come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. It's like, Simone Cecil is trying to reach you, girl. Come on. Like, you, yeah. you also identify with them. So you feel like you can be friends with them. You can talk to them. They're really likable individuals. Yeah, we should talk about um, who, so, like, when you were introduced to the show, like, who did you connect to immediately? Like, who did you... Like, do you feel like you kind of connect to the same people that you did then, now? I think my palette has expanded now 
but uh, and I still like the same people that I liked then. I was super big Mariah Quad stand. Like as, oh, as a duo, oh, that fallout was the hardest thing for me that I've ever had to deal with. And I mean, like even in fallouts with my own friends and my own wife. Yeah, that was great. I agree. Uh, yeah, I agree. I've one hundred percent. I still am like. I still literally think to myself randomly when I'm not even watching the show, like, I wonder if they'll ever make it work. I really hope so sometimes because I still love them both separately and because I love both of them together because they were introduced to me as a duo right. and they were hilarious as a oh duo. God. I can't let go of that. So, like, no matter what they do, even to each other, I can't hate either one. It's so hard for me. Like, it's I impossible. like both of them so much. It's like, I love a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you literally gave it to me and then put the like, pulled the bread apart. But there's, some, <laughs> there's still some jelly in the peanut butter and some peanut butter in the oh jelly. Oh my God. I, like, oh. If I have so to funny. take a bite out of one place <laughs> and then the other, fine. But I still like both. <laughs> it's true. No, it's, there's literally no better way to describe it. Like there's little, cause they're literally the same person. Like they're so, even not as friends, they're still so compatible as friends. Like, like them together was just, and Bravo knew it. And I remember when Bravo yeah, used to they do, knew it. Remember they used to do interviews together and they would do little after show things together where they would like talk to Andy together. Like Bravo knew that that relationship oh, was yeah. like a diamond that they needed to protect. So this is a hot take. But I okay. fully believe that Married to Medicine popularized the term T. Oh. I know they did not invent it. We all can get into ball culture all day long. I understand that the respect that we need to give for all this slang that all the girls use, but right. it's trickled to other franchises and they use it too, is one thing. But Mariah was saying T. Oh. literally before anyone was saying it as like a pop culture thing like yeah. we knew it existed i think that she knew it existed and she had been like using it yes. like they would take the slang and utilize it and perpetuate it like take what their days and stuff were giving them right and they would actually put us on because i remember like <clears throat> even one or two she was like Oh, let's we're gonna sit down and we're gonna spill this tea, honey. And I promise you, since the, and that was so many years ago that us using it so regularly now, knowing whatever, like people are gonna hear this and be like, "No, I first heard it." Okay, I'm telling you, this still predates that. Yep. Like Mariah has been using this. Her and Quad have been saying these slang terms, and how I know it to be possibly true, they're still doing it now. Yep. They say different phrases and things, and I'm like, "Oh, we'll be hearing that in three years." Yeah. Oh my god, you're literally taking the words out of my brain. Like when Quad starts saying like catch fire, honey, I'm like, oh my god. are you kidding? The girl is saying that again. <laughs> oh my god. First of all, that is true because they utilize those terms in a like with their other girlfriends. Like it's almost like even more funny because Mariah will say stuff like, What's tea? to like Jackie. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to have tea and spill tea. And I'm like, oh, I get it. Because you gossip over tea. I get it. That's what's the tea. She would be like, Toya would come over. It's like like season two. And she's like, what's the tea? What's tea? And I'm like, I get it. Literally, it's because they're about to gossip over tea. So you're spilling the tea. Like, that's the tea. It's what you're talking about over the tea. (laughs) It just makes so much sense. But that was like, 
2014, maybe 15 at the latest. So to us to hear it so much in 2020, 2019, I'm like, as usual, y'all are getting this from a source. It is a black woman that got it from a source. It is someone that y'all won't even recognize, but y'all gonna respect Mary to Madison. By the exactly. end of this decade, y'all gonna respect Mary to Madison. They give us all the good slang phrases that they, her and Mariah used to do that, Quad and Mariah, and I used to be like, how can you not love this duo? Because of that alone. Like the way they would communicate is not English. Oh my God, I miss listening to them talk to each other so much. Oh, they would have so much, much fun. Oh my so God. I, you just reminded me that I literally, there are phrases that I'm pretty sure I say now because of Mariah and Quad. Like I tell people to catch that dirt all the time. And I know that that's a Mariah phrase. <laughs> catch that dirt. You know? And I, I mean, we used to hear Quad say, you know, catch fire. Right. And I'm like, I just want to say it. I don't even need to know what it means yet. Don't even translate. I'm going to just take it. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's another thing about this show that I love more than, like, more than most reality shows just in general. The relationships between these women are so, like, I want to protect them. Like, Jackie yes. and... uh and oh my god what and why can't i think of her name simone jackie and simone i want to crystallize and protect like that relationship yeah. means so much to me i am i'm a simone gal <laughs> like i really really like simone i just think she's so funny and i like the way her voice can just raise like 40 octaves without her trying i just i'm obsessed with her i love the way she communicates I love watching her with her patients. I think she's such a fucking good doctor. And their relationship, them eating lunch together, literally makes my heart, like, swell. Like, every time. Really and truly, I don't even think I dislike any of them. I'm no. thinking about it now that you asked me. I think that, you know, I fell in love with Mariah and Quad early. I connected with them immediately because I think that was the point. That was the goal. You know, it was Mariah's yeah. inception. If this was her show, so yeah. for that to be her best friend at the time, I think we were meant to be drawn to them. Um, after that, I we were meant to draw be drawn to the friend group as a total, like as a whole. That they were so real in their friendship that it made us want to like them. And yep. then beyond that, I loved each woman individually for a different reason and I would be disappointed in it for a different reason so there was never enough for me to be like for me to hate or like them I think the only one that ever truly annoyed me was Lisa because right. I was like girl I know you know I know you know right <laughs> yeah and Lisa was a clear villain the, you're to say this show not the first time you're hearing this stuff about your husband I yeah. know you know Cause it was too easy for us to find it, like, and to be like, you know, at, first, at some point it just felt like, okay, so what are you holding on to this for? And I don't like feeling openly duped. And she yep. was like, you know, my husband cheated on me a few times, but we're good now. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like even whether it's with a man or not, whatever the accusations are, that kind of trust is like really hard to. And don't pretend like you just got it back. That that doesn't happen. Ask Nicole, she, I feel like <laughs> I feel like Lisa Nicole set herself up to be the villain because she 
for one thing, just didn't operate the same way that these women did when it came to filming. Like, she, you know, she had that, like, like, I almost feel like she would have done better in if she had waited a few years and just moved to L.A. Like, she would do great Uh, in the L.A. cast. I think so, too. But I also feel like then they probably wouldn't want, like, Britain as a doctor, Britain. Yeah. And I really like Britain. I don't think they would have done both. And their energies are very similar to me. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why. Like their storylines could not be further apart, but their energies are similar. Like what they do on the show. They're not an alpha, they're not a beta, they're not enough to anchor it, but they also kind of lead us in. Like they're not the strongest personality, but Mm -hmm. they might have the most interesting family dynamic. Yeah, she like Lisa Nicole was so dead set on presenting her family a certain way and not letting the world see what her family really was, which is like the kiss of death. Yeah, it's the kiss of death. Like, producers will literally be like, girl, I see your agenda and I raise you a no. (laughs) And we're going to expose you. Just so you know, you're going to be exposed and it's going to be a whole storyline now. So what you tried to avoid is now going to be the focal point of a six month uh, season. So like, good luck, you know? Um, As somebody, so as somebody who like, you obviously are very immersed in Bravo. What is your take on, because I have theories, but what is your take on Mariah and Quad? Like, why do you think, what do you think their their fight is really about? Like, why are they not ever going to be friends again? What is it? I think that there is a hurt there. Yeah. Of, I do believe that Quad needed Mariah. And Mariah, you know, her needs from Quad was to be needed. Yeah. So their dynamic largely focused on Quad always needing Mariah's help and Mariah feeling fulfilled by helping Quad, mm-hmm. but wanted to be needed. She is that kind of a woman. I literally made the exact same comparison the other day to, um, forgive me if I'm saying this, and you're like, girl, duh, do you watch Insecure at all? Of course. Okay, so everyone gives me an, of course, but I still have to ask. <laughs> I know, I get um, it, I get it. <laughs> like, I roll my eyes at myself for asking it. We know, <laughs> we all watch, but I have to ask, and assume we all got HBO. So I made the exact same comparison to Molly and Issa, that yep. the fight is really about there is one person who has needed this person their entire relationship mm-hmm. and how they got love was by knowing this person would always be there for them. So whenever something went really truly down, they knew they could count on this person. Like that's yep. like they know that they, they can trust them emphatically. However, that person is always helping them always did because they needed them to need them too. But then at yeah. the same time, unfortunately that doesn't allow for a lot of the giver to open up emotionally. That vulnerability is not seen because the other person lives in this state of kind of like pity, but they're constantly emotionally vulnerable because they're the one constantly struggling. So the one who has their life together isn't really allowed to fall apart. And when they try to fall apart with their friend, that friend is kind of like, you're being dramatic. Like, don't you see my life? And that's kind of what happens. So with Mariah and Claude, Mariah started this show and she's in a position to executive produce and start this show, I mean, she cleaned up this woman that she knew. And I do believe a lot of that happened. Maybe not like a physically, I washed you off in the tub, but like I introduced you to the right people. And I, I made sure that 
anything you needed, like I, I had your back. Like if you needed to get a good hairstylist, I, I got you a good weave. Like yeah. I made sure that we had the good, the best clothes. Like my husband and I took you in when you needed it so that you could be in a position where you could marry a doctor, like exactly. you could marry a psychiatrist. That happened. And a lot of it is I put you on the show, I put you on this platform. And I think Quad realized that the fan favorite was her. And I yeah. think that ego kicked in, but yeah. for someone who was possibly as low as Quad was allegedly, I don't think it was ego. I think it was feeling worthy. I think it was like, oh my God, people like me by myself, like on my own. I can capitalize yeah. off of this. Like, I can be okay. I'm going to be okay. I think the show even gave her the courage to leave her own husband. Like, yeah. it's just like, I don't think I need other people. I'm going to be okay. And that, I think, hurt Mariah because she needed to be needed by Quad. Like, really did. And Quad didn't yeah. need her, but the way she did it was so dismissive of, mm -hmm. like, I, what she thinks is, I no longer need to use you. Mariah mm -hmm. here that I, I no longer need you. And she took offense to Quad acting like she never did anything for her. And Quad's like, it's not that I don't think you ever did anything for me. I just don't need you to do anything anymore because I'm good. Like, that's not the friendship that we have. However, when that happens and that, that was your entire friendship dynamic for that many years, it's not sustainable, but it's also not transferable. They never got to figure out how to transition it into anything else other than this beta alpha dynamic. So when that beta becomes an alpha, it's like, you don't know what to do with this information. It's like abort, we can't fix it. So I really think it's more about their level of communication and what they need from each other is so lost mm -hmm. that it's, I, I, I was more on the side of, I thought it was very telling when Andy asked all the women, how many of you guys agree Mariah did drugs? And none of them were like, no, we don't think she did drugs. And like, how many of y'all believe that she slept with Mariah's brother-in-law? They were like, we don't believe that either. And I'm like, so then what are y'all really fighting about? Because I it know. seems very quickly, I don't, and to be honest, I don't believe either of them did either of those things. I think now they just want to hurt each other. Yeah, that's what's so fucked up is they're both, first of all, it's it's very eerily Bethany and, and Jill. Like, ah. eerily Jill and Bethany. Because yes. nobody wants to feel like somebody's pet project. Like, when you realize that somebody is actually, like, fucking climaxing from the thought of you needing them. Like, when you realize that somebody, the what you thought was a genuine interest in your well-being it's actually just like uh it's like a like um like a self-absorbed thing it has nothing that really to even do with you you know what i mean it's like well yeah. that's like kind of you don't want to feel like somebody's fucking boxcar child like they had to dust you off and and shine you up and a little exactly bit that's exactly what happened you're you know? so right oh my gosh you're so right because jill did do that with bethany i remember watching i, I rewatched that season not too long ago and it's like she had her staying in her home and yeah. had her in her bed. And it was largely because Jill needed that energy around her. Like she needed that friendship around her, but she also felt like she wasn't going to get it genuinely yep. unless that person had enough skin in the game. And at that yeah. end for her, she's investing so much into making sure you stay her friend that the skin that Bethany needed to put into the game was literally like devotion, like yep. undeniable gratitude for like you starting my life. Because in their mind, where else are they going to get this opportunity? It's very manipulative, and it's very, like, mm -hmm. it, it's one of those things where you have a moment where you look back at all the times you've had together, and it, like, you're forced to kind of rethink 
all of those times. And, you know, that sucks. And it's sad because it's like, I also think on the other hand, to play devil's advocate, like the person doing the manipulating, like the Mariah, the Jill is like probably not even aware that that's something that they're doing. It's not like Jill was purposely being like, I'm going to get her to get in bed with me and have her talk about her mom. 100%. You know, 100%. Just, I don't think they even, I think honestly, if they needed, I think my theory was always Molly needed Issa more than Issa needed Molly. Yep. But Molly made it seem to Issa and Issa made herself to think she needed Molly more than yeah. the opposite. That's like you're really comfortable with me like. being the weak one. That's what our yes, whole dynamic is exactly. based on. I'm the weak That's one. That's entire dynamic. Yeah. I'm the That's fucked up one. I'm the one that always, right. is always broke. I always need. I mean, we watched Ramona like this week. We watched on New York, or next last week. Jock asked Ramona like, "Have you ever been a bully?" And we watched Ramona like dog Bethany out and say, "You have no one in your life. You have no family. You have Brandon. You have Jay, or you have Jason, and you're probably gonna fuck that up." And I'm like, "How many times did she probably think that to herself already, though?" I know, I know. And how many times was Jill like? you know what? That's not true because you got me. Like, I exactly. Got I'm your family. My mom loves you. My sister loves you. Like, right. You know, you are one of us. You're Zarin now. Bobby loves you. Oh yeah. And that's how many times, how many times would she say that? She even said it at the funeral. Yep. I don't think she, she was doing it, but she would be like, you know, Bobby loved you. He loved mm-hmm. you. That's why we got to figure this out because he loved you. And I'm like, that's still kind of a way of being like, you still have to be in my life. Exactly. It's a plea, like, please, you need to be back in my life, even though you don't need me anymore because you're like a freaking millionaire, but you need to be in my life. I also think too, I mean, I, I definitely think it has to be said, and me and uh, my friend Brandon have talked about this a lot, just like through text, like the whole Mariah being an executive producer of the show thing, I feel like plays a really big part in, them sort of like trying to wedge Mariah out. I feel like they have a lot of animosity towards her because of- Do you think it's a conflict of interest? Well, I think that it is a conflict of interest. I really do. But I also think that Mariah has always presented that she had more power than she did. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like she used it as like a tool almost to be like the big bad if she wanted to but at the end of the day I think all the women collectively realized well she can't really do a lot like she can't do as much as she claims it's like people constantly think that Andy Cohen is hiring and firing these women and I'm like y'all have no idea that he as even an executive producer which he isn't for a lot of shows anymore he that is so like casting is like below him actually right it has nothing to do with them. He got out of that in original programming years ago. So he literally is just, see, he only, all he can do is see what's presented in front of him and kind of sign off on what was edited. Mm-hmm. But like, that's it. He, he's pretty much a yes man. Like, oh yeah, that looks good. Oh, that looks great. Yeah. He gets the cuts before anybody else. But that's pretty much it. And same with Mariah. Like, it was her show. She's an executive producer. So she gets to a lot of times change the tenor. Mm-hmm. But the women are fully in control of their own storylines. That's between them and their producers. That has nothing yeah. to do with Mariah. Yeah, and I feel like they all collectively realized at a certain point, like, well, at the end of the day, if we don't film with her, like, even if she is an executive producer, if we don't film this show with her, she's not on the show. 
which we've seen happen, you know, where, like literally where there's seasons where Mariah is just not on the show because they won't talk to her. And, you know, it's like, and I, it's like, yeah, I don't think that Mariah can walk into to fucking 30 Rock and be like, I want quad off. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think she has that power. Oh, and they would be like, oh, girl, it's a hard you're exactly they would be like they would try to you know appeal to her ego a little bit but no but you know we need it for the show if you mm-hmm. know this you're a professional you're an, a producer you know we mm-hmm. need it for the show and she's good and messy but it's also like there was not really we're, we're having this conversation to appease you there was not really <laughs> right. there was no chance <laughs> what was gonna happen exactly so, they all figured that out, out. they all figured it out together like I'll never forget that reunion where they finally talked about her being an EP and her kind of having to realize on the couch on camera at the reunion in front of everybody that you are not really powerful like if anything I feel like her executive producer credit is the same credit that you could give Kyle Richards or Bethany Frankel or Nene Leakes because they're the women who kind of help the producers find women yeah, and if anything, I would say that you have more power not as an EP than you do like and just being on the show because you prove I think the problem is that I think Mariah thought that she wasn't gonna have to go through these ranks the same way. Yeah. Because it was her show, she started it and she thought she was gonna have some kind of like silver hat in it. But it is different than like a Teresa and a Nini who have devoted their entire lives yep. to this show. So if the producers have a choice between this OG and a new girl who's like impossible for them to be able to get even good, like hearable, watchable drama out of, yes, they'll probably choose Nini or Teresa. But that's not because if they were an executive producer or they have an in with Bravo, it's simply because they have given so much more and they have so much more to give that the fan base is just simply stronger for Teresa than it is, say, like a Jackie Goldschneider. That, yeah. But that's just, that's all it is. It's yeah. because they can find a new girl to be on Jersey. They can't necessarily find a new woman whose husband is a criminal, an immigrant, is overseas, and we've right. seen their kids grow up, and now we're watching them go from, like, babies to not having a doubt at all. Like, we can't get that again. You can't right. duplicate that. Yeah, you can't duplicate that. Most of us don't even know Jackie's husband's name, okay? So that's all that that is and I think Mariah thought that she wasn't going to have to raise the ranks on the simple chance of the show wasn't going to take off or didn't get the same you know conversation behind it what was she going to do to maintain her superiority status of having invented and come up with this show yeah if anything it literally did whatever she thought that would do for her did the complete opposite opposite. it ostracized her it wedged her out it made her it made everything totally unfair for her and it's actually been I don't know I feel like they like I feel bad for Mariah a lot of the time and I was like I felt kind of bad watching her realize the past couple years literally realize on tv that there's a double standard and it doesn't matter because at the end of the day like she'll always get like, she'll always get more blame for stuff that they all do. You know what I mean? And, like, her trying to bring up facts and be like, no, look, like, I have receipts. Like, she, Quad called me a drug dealer. You guys should be supportive. You're my friends. Like, she called me a, a coke addict on TV. Like, I had to go get a drug test. Do you care? And everybody's there like, like, we, we don't, we don't even want to see the drug test, girl. Like, we don't even, 
we don't care so much that we don't even look at the results. We don't care. Because we don't even believe Clyde. We just know we don't want you right now. (laughs) Exactly. We just don't feel sympathy for you no matter what you go through right now, unfortunately, even if you have a broken foot. I I just feel like a really major comparison in my head is it's the same thing as what's happening on Housewives of Beverly Hills. It is no secret that Kyle and Kim were kind of the more, the bigger portion of what Housewives of Beverly Hills is supposed to be. And it's just like a lot of other franchises and other cities. There shows that were incepted as one thing and they become a Housewives franchise. Like Mm -hmm. Dallas was that, Potomac was that. Beverly Hills, I believe, was supposed to be more about Kim and Kyle and Kathy. Kathy realized, allegedly, there was a lot of implications of that, and it was still way too risky for her, mm-hmm. which understandable. You have the most to lose out of anybody in that sentence, so yeah. I can understand that. But so it became about them and then about, like, their friends, and then naturally, because they already had this platform, apparently, like, it can kind of go on into something more. But it, we were always presented that Kim and Kyle were the anchors of this show. Yeah. And I think that with Kyle being the remainder and them even, and her even kind of going along with this big plan, that it was definitely a plan to kind of edge LVP out. When she got it, everyone assumed Kyle was this new queen yeah. and that she was irreplaceable. And I felt edge in Erica Jane's voice when last season she said, I think this is the woman that we all have to basically we worry about. Like, look at who we're all here for now. Mm-hmm. She is the new queen. I thought <laughs> that was like <laughs> a little bit of edge. I mean, it seemed, seemed like some tension even in France when she was like, oh, I see. So you guys are coming after me now. Like Kyle and her henchman, Teddy. She's like, okay, yeah, keep going. Keep effing going. You're coming after me now. Yep. And I was like, okay, so y'all know the dynamic and you know who's in charge. But the only thing I bring up when it, whenever you are someone who has this big position at the top, it's the easiest for people to come after you. You're the most vulnerable, the most visible. Yep. And this season, we're seeing them be like, yeah, so Kyle, <laughs> you're in charge. We'll come up with all these schemes, yes, to get rid of Denise, for sure. But all these other women are way more desperate to stay on this show than Kyle. So oh, yeah. they will do whatever it takes to stay on this show. So Kyle genuinely seems shocked. That's why she keeps crying in the <laughs> middle of her own insult because she's genuinely shocked that they're like, quote unquote, turning on her. Which I really thought that at this dinner party at Denise's, she was like, I thought the plan was to go after Denise. Why are you coming after me? And they're like, girl, the plan is whatever it takes right this diamond in my hand right I'll do it. I'll yeah. it. like <laughs> decided to double cross me sorry like yeah we'll get rid of denise too also in addition because we friend, got checks me and my friend katie talk about this all the time that it's got to be so i i just the thought of being a real housewife and realizing that it's about to be your turn is like literally like i would have especially nightmares. when you thought you were taking the turn on someone else mm-hmm. oh my god like, when i you, yeah. really thought denise was next yep a you went after the wrong bitch i'm yep. sorry like i love lvp but denise is no lvp she's yeah. not going down cute and quiet she's yeah. not shying away of a reunion and quite frankly Y'all are all screwed that, per- that Corona, like, kept them from being able to film this reunion so far. Yeah. Because now they have a chance of filming and she's had a chance to realize that we're on her side and that she's not afraid. 
the girl was married to Charlie Sheen. You think she's afraid of Kyle Richards? Yeah, and like Denise came into that show already feeling like it was a little beneath her, so she doesn't really have anything to lose. Like she doesn't care. Oh, if she's oh a and fucking honey, housewife. didn't she remind us last week? I mean, la- this past week. She yeah. said, I'm fucking Denise Richards. I thought yeah. this was going to end well for us. <laughs> <laughs> she's realizing, she's becoming fully realized. She said, I am Denise Richards. And I was like, oh. And then she's like on Twitter letting us know she only missed two parties. And then I came back. And they're like, Denise, you ready to talk about it? She's like, hell yeah, I'm ready. Please. You think these women are going to make them run scared? I think that's the problem is that Kyle really thought. Yep. As this queen, as this woman who sustained all these cement, like all these years, we are literally seeing it across the board with OGs. Yep. Nene is on hands and knees. Oh my looking God, for Nene. People to like her again. <laughs> is falling apart before our eyes. Like her whole family is falling apart, like in front of our faces. Bethany literally left. Yep. Like, and then, and Carol practically took her down. Like, it was like, I've never seen something so dehumanizing of of an iconic entity that we never thought as being even this touchable. And now we're seeing it happen to Kyle. Like, you thought you had all this power, and it's just like, Mariah, like, these women are like, okay, you only have as much power as we choose to give you. Exactly. If we don't want you, you're not here. Yeah, and like, look at, I mean, Lisa ran off, Lisa literally ran to the cast of Vanderbilt Rules for Salvation. Like, she ran to Jax Taylor to be like, can you just house me? Because that's where she chooses now to be right. on TV. Fucking and now she's like, we're there. I, I hear the girls are watching her like shoe shop, and she's showing up at people's birthday parties. At least, literally, for don't insult me by coming to someone like Dana, a new girl's uh, birthday party. When I watched for years, you just send a bottle of champagne and like um, yeah. upgrade the rooms of like the stockies and stuff whenever they would have birthday. She'd be like, I will not even become close to that. Won't even be in the same city. Yeah. Oh, happy birthday. I'm richer than you, so here's a new room. Yeah. Now she's, like, running across a fucking softball field to play softball. Right. To see and now she's, like, ziplining with them in Vegas. And I'm like, that's not Lisa. She just doesn't have her platform anymore. And while that may have worked on one, it's not going to work on the other. And the problem is, I thought it was going to be Denise that ends up taking down Kyle. But it looks like the other women are just going to do the same thing. They're realizing... The exact same thing that if we don't want to film with you, you're not really going to be here. So play yeah. your cards carefully. Like, and I think that's why Mariah even showed up at all last season. So she had to play her cards very carefully. Pick your battles. Yeah. Only go after Quad. Don't go after the other ladies because once that happens, they're going to side with each other and not you. It's so you're so right. She did come back with a, a very clear understanding that. For most things, I just have to give that side crooked, you know, like disappointed frown and shake my head and not say anything because, you know, I'm lucky to be here right now. Yeah. You know, and then she broke. Exactly. She finally, like, when they went on that trip, she was, she, she literally broke. She was like, I can't fucking take it anymore. Like, these women, no matter what, are going to hate me now. And this is crazy. Right, exactly. I mean, I think it's a lot of the reason why Dr. Jackie was so aggressive with her and mm-hmm. talking about, like, you know, Mariah was like, why did y'all talk about that on the podcast and stuff like that? And Dr. Jackie is like, I will literally talk about whatever the hell I want. And right. it's because 
they know quad is what's really anchoring their show. Yeah. So if they have to rally around quad to keep their show alive and get that check, they'll do it. They'll absolutely do it. So and they also are the understanding of if, if Mariah is an EP, she's not one of them. Though she may not have a lot of power, she's still not like in the trenches with them. It's exactly. like anytime like you go from like the bullpen to being promoted and now you're like just a half a step above your other coworkers, those people aren't your friends anymore. They're your friends, but they're like, well, we got to be a little bit more careful around you so we can't be around you. Yeah, and like, it's obvious that Mariah has like held her executive producer credit over all of them in different ways, probably at different times. Like they all have like a PTS, PTSD story of Mariah being like, I'll get you kicked off the show. And, you know, they bond in that. Like they're now able to wolfpack her. And even though they have had ups and downs or whatever with Quad, that's completely different. And, her, you know, her wanting to be uh, like closed off and, and not open about her, her abusive marriage Compared, compared right. to Mariah dangling their job. Dangling their job. It's, you know what I mean? It's different. Like, <laughs> like oh, okay. Like, Toya literally only was able to get out of debt and get a new house because of this job. Exactly. So, how, why wouldn't they side with the, like, the side of right? Like, Quad is just a friend that they're going through something with. But Quad is not yeah. like, if you don't leave me and my ex-husband alone, I will make sure you don't seize your kids. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That cute house you just bought, foreclosed. Like, that's yep. not what she's doing. She's just like, you know, it's a fight they can win with Quad. It's not a fight they can win with Mariah if she's threatening employment. Yeah, I feel like that was so obvious when she, uh, when they, when Quad and Mariah got in the, whatever the last fight was that they got at, they got in on a reunion. And Mariah finally said for the first time, like, you're not even a, you're not even married to medicine. Why are you here? It was like, here we go. This is it. You know what I mean? Like this, mm-hmm. now we get to see a conversation that they probably had alone three million times. And this is our first time finally seeing it where she's like, you don't belong here. You shouldn't be on this show. You're not, you know, you're divorced now. You have no connection to the medical world. You shouldn't be here. And it was like confirmation. But if anything, I think that, you know, not that we're looking for an answer to that because we know that we're going to keep quad. It's so funny that, like, every Housewives show, that's kind of the point. There's always a single one. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's, that's a lot of the appeal and the allure is that, you know, they were once married, so they get to be yeah. on the married show. So they're not going to get rid of Quad because of it. Because, I mean, in a lot of ways, they have all expressed that same, you know, sentiment of, like, Quad is around of uh, all of our married husbands. Like, Quad don't want your man. Oh my God, but can I can't say when they do that. And like, but she's single, why is she here? And I'm like, it's a couple strip, and she's not a couple. Girl, can we go? Because the producers <laughs> are also there. And she's, so like, the <laughs> she's like, so, I don't want okay. daddy, but thanks. I don't want your daddy. Right, like, thanks, but I'm good. And if and anything, so that made her more interesting. Say, you think I want Eugene? Like, come <laughs> on. <laughs> I think that if anything, it made Quad more interesting that she was now single and having a date and stuff. And now she's like, like, it just gave her a second wind, if anything. Yes, because Dr. Emily is setting her up with every dentist in the, in, in the Atlanta area. She's like, oh, I got my dentist friends. And here they are. And I'm just like, this is adorable. But the girl also is fresh off a divorce. 
Yeah. It's not like she's never been married to medicine and only been chasing medicine guys, something like that. You know, but that's the appeal to for any of these shows. We even have seen it on like a wags, like that dynamic yep. of I'm the wife, you're the girlfriend, you just simply dated one. Like a sports person, like you're not the capital of me. You can't get that dynamic if you're on the same playing field. So yeah. and it's not for nothing. It isn't like one of the other women divorced. It's quad. They're not getting rid of quad. Yeah. It's Miss Quad. <laughs> like they will literally sooner get rid of any other person on that show before they got rid of quad. Yeah. Like she narrates Sadly, it the would show. Be Jackie, but it would be Jackie. Right? You think so? I if if they had to get rid of somebody, they had to cut somebody loose, it would not be heavenly. No, and it would not be Toya for sure. Wouldn't be Toya. It could possibly be Simone, which kills me. Yeah, it could possibly be Simone just because a lot of times the only thing I have a problem with Simone is that her fights don't seem fair and it's only because of timing. Mm-hmm. Like her timing is so off sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm just like, no, this is not a good argument to make right now. Like, and her energy is so abrasive. Like when they had that party and uh, Quad actually thought, okay, I'm going to go. I want to be with my friends. I've been going through a lot. And she's met with so much vitriol. Oh my God, you're and so then right. Simone is like, so Quad, catch us up. And I was like, I would literally do anything but talk to you. <laughs> you, that way. you are so I would about do her timing. everything else but talk to you. And Heavenly literally threw this party so that they could all kind of reconnect and it would be a safe <laughs> place for Quad to open up. You don't just sit there and have like a hundred dollar bills in your shoes, put them oh up on the table God. and be like, you're not being a hundred. You're like, so right. I'm going to talk to you. And I like Simone. I'm just like, as a friend, I'm like, I'm not talking to you. Literally, I would be like anybody else. <laughs> Simone is keeping this for a, 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 a very cringy moment because you're right, her timing is always off. And I feel like every year there's at least one time where she, where all the women are just like blank staring at her while she screams about some shit that feels totally off at the moment. Like it's so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> oh it's it's like, okay, no, Simone. No, just no, honey. Oh my God, that I'm is not, so The last funny. person I ever talked to is you. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, I and the, the whole shoes, and she just seems so petty. Yeah. She, yeah, she is very, she holds on to shit for like. And sometimes time. petty is, like, it's fun when petty's like in a confessional, when petty's in a read. But mm-hmm. when petty is in a scene and it's the only player, like, and it's going on. Like, her petty is a monologue. It's the only player in the scene, and it is going on and on for hours. And it is just, we're petty. And I'm like, this is not fun anymore. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because it also, it then nullifies what the other people, what the other women are saying. Because you have, like, a Toya who is only being sassy because she's genuinely hurt that, like, this person that she thought was so close to her won't confide in her. Yeah. So, but we can't hear Toya's heart because Simone is like, "You're not talking to us. <laughs> You're not keeping it a hundred. And I bought these shoes and put hundred dollar bills in them just so you know you're fake." And I'm like, "So yeah, she's definitely gonna talk to all of you now." Like That's she's gonna be like, okay. Lower. So here's you the key on my abusive me. husband. You got me. <laughs> on August the 29th of 2017. 
we got into a fight about the trash and he hurts me. And I'm like, girl, what did you think she was going to do? So then it did, I mean, it, it makes it feel like the, the group is, is, is the group that's overpowered by Simone's pettiness and her abrasive attitude. Yeah. And then, but we're also meant to feel like she is this, you know, leader in couples them. And we want that to be true. Our mm-hmm. people have been married so long. They're high school. I mean, they're college sweethearts. They love each other. They literally called off their divorce, which was amazing. But then we see her be so mean or petty to other women that it feels like it might be you're still miserable, in which case we don't want to follow that. Yeah, but I think it goes back to what you said earlier about, um, or what we talked about earlier about like the cast being so, like to having to, knowing them is to love them at this point. And it's like, now after knowing her for so long you know that it's just like she's just so <laughs> she's so emotionally raw like she's like mm-hmm. a a a a a an open moon that you take the band-aid off of and just let like go fucking willy-nilly like she just at any moment can get so hurt yeah and her reaction to being hurt is so like um like violent almost like it's just quick to like ra- like rage and crying and shrill screaming like she's just such a raw emotional person you know when she feels she feels yeah she feels really deeply and you can see that even in like her softer moments because she is so good at like like I could definitely see myself if I was on that cast or if I was in that group of women I would probably go to her the most for like I would cry to her I feel like the most like I would go to her for things because when She's being, like, a sweet, normal person. She's so, you know, she's such a good, like, shoulder to cry on. She's such a good friend. Mm-hmm. But she's just so emotionally, like, um, vulnerable all the time. Yes. Yeah, I think that you, as much as Simone, like, makes me the most anxious yeah. a lot of times, I still feel that this cast as a whole is so dynamic. and. Yeah. They're, they're so dynamite and important and I want to protect them. I love watching them work things through and yep. get back to right. The damage is never irreparable and I really appreciate that. They're so good together. They have so much chemistry. And I, again, I think a lot of it is because their husbands are fully casted on the show as well and they bring them so much balance that when we normally see women go home and debrief with their husbands, after they probably already debrief with their husbands, mm-hmm. we're watching husbands play out in the scene. They're letting yeah. the wives fight it out. They're not getting involved, but they're there for the wives. They support the wives. They step up when necessary. And a lot of times, those women, when they're in those fights, they want to feel safe and not in a way of like, I need a man to make me feel safe, but they feel like they're being vulnerable. They're fighting with the person they thought was their friend. So when they have this, that, that energy of an individual who has promised to love and support them, be like, hey, 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 not my wife. Yeah. Or calm it down. Or I have you. Like when we go on, like when Mariah calls Aiden after a fight and Simone, she's like, Simone, you talk to him. Because Simone calls Aiden because she knows that only person who can get Mariah down off this cliff now is Aiden. Right. (laughs) And he knows exactly what to say, exactly what to do. And she's like, okay, I feel better. I'm just going to cry and go home. Because but she knows her husband's going to take care of her, even from far away. So yeah. they have that dynamic, and it feels like that's the only reason sometimes 
that these women can remain friends is because so much of their lives are and their fights are see are done with perspective because they're not left to stew over it and just gossip about it and then relive it tomorrow, refight about it. Their husbands are there too. They're not gonna let this continue. They have like a middleman yeah. most times. And can I just also say as a really quick side note before we stop recording how much I fucking love watching teenagers on a show like this not be twats. Like the kids on the <laughs> show are so oh like I could literally watch Heavenly's Daughter. I'm ready for the Aurora spinoff. I've been ready. Like I'm obsessed with her. She is the most dynamite thing. Oh my come god! Come out of television, but you know I've largely thought that these Bravo stars, their kids are so normal because their parents are so nuts. Yeah. Yes. Like, exactly. Kelly Dodd is a <laughs> fucking wild thing, and Jolie is like, yeah, she's nuts, huh? I absolutely love it I, I find it so refreshing that these kids are like uh you know even Mariah's daughter when I was watching oh. you know, Mariah um like get her daughter new outfits and oh stuff, I was like oh first of all to be rich <laughs> I know please god second because honestly to me I am not a parent but I know that I'm not far 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 removed from that age where I don't vividly remember what it would have felt like to have been treated that way. Like, okay, yes, I'm getting older and I'm grateful that you respect that, but instead of policing my outfits, you walk me through what is appropriate, not just for like the sexualization of myself and realizing my sexuality, but also what's appropriate so that people take me seriously so that I don't feel exposed. I feel like I have to dress to meet a certain expectation on either spectrum. Yeah. Being like super Christian or like to get boys attention or girls attention or whomever's attention. Like she doesn't, she was able to navigate that and be like, I just want to wear what I think is cute. I don't, I'm I'm realizing who I am as an individual. Yeah. And a lot of times with teenage girls that comes with the way they dress. And the way they dress communicates things. So in the past, parents are like, go upstairs, cover it up, throw this on, don't wear that. But Mariah's like, listen, you two grown for me and I am nervous, so I'm going to get a stylist and we're going to figure it out together. And to see this girl feel so supported and like it. I know. Oh, my God, And to be like, this crop top, I like it. And her mom be like, who, it's a little short, but you look really cute in it. Like, (laughs) she's like allowed to like stuff and allowed to explore and allowed to be like, you know what? this makes me feel comfortable, this does not. For me, not for anybody else. Yeah. I'm like, this is so realized, and this is why I love this show, because we see them in their homes, and there's yep. complexity to them. Mariah is no longer this villain coming out the quad. She is a thank you ass mom. Ugh, like, thank you. A, a, one of the best moms I've ever seen, and that's one of the things I absolutely love about these shows, especially like when we get to go in the family home, like on Jersey, Jennifer Aiden's redeeming qualities are solely in her household. Mm-hmm. The way those kids look to her, the way her husband looks to her, the way she runs that household, it's like, you are such a good mom. The way she was handling Gabby and the bullying and yeah. everything. And the way that she even learned from her own daughter and was like, you know what? Gabby's going through this and I don't want to put this on anyone else. I need to apologize to Jackie because I don't want to, I want to be a good example for my daughter. And I'm like, it's the kids. 
These yeah. kids are going to change the world. Like they're literally saving us from hating these women because they're so evolved in their homes and they're doing the best they can. And it's so precious to see like Simone talking to her her sons about. Oh my God! I was sex literally when they go to college. Oh, colorism! I was like, yo, I know. To talk to young black boys who are possibly going to a black school and being like, you know what? You're gonna find probably a beautiful black girl, and they're like, well, we don't want her to be this color, that color. She's like, uh, excuse me, and she's addressing yep. this. And she's getting ahead of it before they go to Howard and, and, and get their ass kicked. I'm like, girl who's like, you met the wrong one. <laughs> I'm ready for Simone's son's like podcast because I know it's going to be happening. Like, he is so fucking funny. The one with the yeah. braces, he is so yeah. funny. He, Miles, like, I think it's Miles. Miles. Yes. Miles. One, she's always calling him. He's always doing something. Yeah. Her, her whole family Miles. is funny. I, I absolutely love them. I even love Cecil. I love the way they parent. I love seeing them being so involved yeah. in their homes. You know, even Heavenly with her son and her daughter. I love the daughter, but the daughter has a mind of her own. But you didn't yeah. expect it from Heavenly. But <laughs> you really wouldn't. You'd be yeah. like, shouldn't she be like whooping that tail? But she also really loves her. She birthed herself, and that's what she's mad at. Yeah, but she's like... She can't collect this young lady because then she had to collect herself because her She's daughter is like her. in awe of her daughter, and it's like I think that that is like one of the most <laughs> adorable fucking things. Like it's so cute. Aurora is just throwing just absurd amounts of shade at her about her body and how she communicates and her relationships. <laughs> like Heavenly is in <laughs> awe of how smart her daughter is and how like how well she is at putting words together to articulate how she feels. Like, that girl can communicate like an adult woman that's worked on communicating for years. It's crazy. Yes. I don't see her being any younger than, like, 19. It's crazy to me that she's, like, 14, 13 years old. And it's like, no. No, you've been in college. Like, you're, you're, we could go out. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. I think I can go out with you. <laughs> I have this a video saved on my phone that I will literally send to you that I've had on. I've literally transferred it from phone to phone of, like, maybe the second season, whatever Heavenly's first season was, uh, of Aurora walking down the stairs. <laughs> Aurora is, like, walking down the stairs because it's, like, her first day in school. She's really little, which is my favorite Aurora. But she was, like, little and just, like, like a fire starter. And uh, she's walking down the stairs and she falls. <laughs> she like falls backwards a little bit. And you know when you fall, you immediately make eye contact with whoever's like around you. Mm-hmm. Like you just stare at whoever's with like near you. She yes. looked into the camera, uh. and, and of course, heavenly being like heavenly, instead of being like <laughs> like she like further embarrassed her daughter. And she's like, "Oh, honey, you all right?" Like in her high pitched voice. <laughs> <laughs> like she made sure to embarrass her daughter on camera because she thought it was funny. <laughs> oh my god! Ugh. What a woman! I love Heavenly. I love her so much. She was a lot the first time I met her, but she's so funny. I think that that that's the best memory. I I, I didn't even know I needed. That just went into like the depths of my archives of show watching. But my god, it's good. Well, I could talk to you about this for literally 46, approximately 46 more hours. 
very, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm over here like just rambling. No, it was amazing. Um, well, tell people where they can find all of your stuff. Of course, you can find my podcast anywhere you listen to this one. Um, Mixing with Monty, you can put it in the search bar and you can also connect with me on Twitter, especially Instagram. That's where I'm the most active um, at Mixing with Monty and my X-I-N-G-W-I-C-H-M-A-N-I. Thank you so much for coming on and doing this with me. You definitely have to come back for sure. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I will literally come back for anything. Okay. (laughs) I'll talk to you later. Stay safe. And uh, I'll probably DM you as soon as we're done recording. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Dunzo. This podcast is a part of the Solid Listen Network. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Also be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash solidlisten for exclusive content. You can follow me on Twitter at Troy McGee, and you can follow the podcast on all forms of social media at DunzoPod. That's D-U-N-Z-O. Thank you to executive producer Molly McAleer and coordinating producer Nicole Matthew. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.